Hello and welcome to the Gold Digger Proof Podcast, where we celebrate women building their own millions. I'm your host, Tina Lee Jones. On today's show, I'm interviewing one of my favorite gold diggers. She's a nationally recognized best-selling author, featured columnist, television commentator, transformational speaker, spokesperson, radio host, and leading authority on personal finance. She's also known as America's Money Maven. I am talking about no other than Miss Patrice Washington. Patrice, thank you so much for joining us here on the Gold Digger Proof Podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Miss Tina. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> great, great. So listen, first of all, congratulations on your own new podcast. You just started your own new podcast like maybe about a month or so ago. By yes. the name of Re- Redefining Wealth. Let's go ahead and just get into that. Let's talk about that podcast. It's amazing, by the way. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, Redefining Wealth was an opportunity for me to not only introduce what I believe is really my life's work. Like, I think everything that I've done up until this point, um, becoming America's Money Maven, having written books, and I had a nas- I have a nationally syndicated radio segment, um, within the Steve Harvey Morning Show and all this stuff. And it was all under before Real Money Answers. And I really just got to this place, Tina, where I wanted people, especially my people, my audience, to know that wealth was so much more than just money and material possession. It's mm-hmm. really about chasing purpose and looking for ways to really create well-being in every aspect of your life and understanding that money is a byproduct. And so all the opportunities that I normally have, even with my radio segment, it's four minutes max. You know, I do television and radio, I get three to four minutes. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. always, even social media, it's like so soundbite driven. It's very short. And I'm (laughs) like, I really want to get to the heart of an issue without being forced to try to make people understand in two or three minutes. And so the podcast for me was an opportunity to really share my heart and unpack all these different topics and all these different themes that I've been really wanting to share with people for years, but I just wasn't sure how. I didn't know, like, what my schedule could really take, what I had the capacity to do. And I finally did one of those things that I talk about in one of the pillars of redefining wealth, which is clear the space. And Mm. I just started saying no to things that I didn't feel like served who I was becoming and where, mm-hmm. where I saw myself going. And by clearing out and saying no to a lot of other things, I was able to say yes to the podcast. And when I did, um, it just opened up the door. I ended up having a conversation with iHeartRadio, with literally um, the person, uh, her, I forget her exact title, but very, very high up at iHeart, especially in the podcast sector. Mm-hmm. And had a conversation with her, and she's like, cool. So I love it. When are you ready to start? We want to partner with you. We want to help you with growing it. And, um, yeah, we will you be ready in three weeks? <laughs> and I was like, what? Wait, wow. Wait a minute. Hold I on. Really was thinking, I was thinking like a 2018 thing. She's like, no, are you going to be ready? And I did what I've become accustomed to, saying no to things that I didn't feel like served me, but giving an enthusiastic yes to what I feel like is taking me in the right mm-hmm. direction, and then figuring out the rest later. So I said yes, and then I had to backpedal and figure it out. Well, I'm but glad you well. said yes. <laughs> yes, you've had Thank such you. amazing success with it thus far. So many replays and downloads thus far. You know, I've been following, you know I follow you, Patrice. So, oh but you've also, well, you know you're my favorite person on Periscope. Like, you are one of my favorites. When I do get on Periscope, I do look for your name. I will just say that. Are you, you, you are, yeah, you're one of the people that have always stood out to me. And you oh. came, didn't you come to my book signing in New York? Yes, that's where we met last year around this time. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. So as much as you might see me and be proud of me, I am equally proud of you and all that you're doing. So it's, it's a mutual admiration. Well, thank you very, very much. That means the world to me. And that just goes to show you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching. 
So, but, you know, thank you again. <laughs> and some of the guests that you've had on your podcast have been absolutely amazing, like Sherry Riley and Devon, the amazing Devon Franklin. Oh, I my know. goodness. He's so powerful. And I have to get his new book. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you have to get the Hollywood Commandments. It is outstanding. And Devon is the first person who said yes to me. So, wow. Um, and, and Devon, like you said, you never know who's watching, right? Devon actually spoke during my freshman year at USC. He was a senior. I thought he was an old man because he had so much, like, wisdom, right? Mm-hmm, and he got mm-hmm. up and spoke, and I was so moved by him in that moment. I was like, dang, I want to do that one day. And then <laughs> years later, several years, I'm talking I was 18 years old. So several years later, let's call it maybe I was 30 if not 32 or something, I end up being invited back to USC, University of Southern California, to speak um, as the youngest and only African-American woman at that event, speaking at the USC Women's Conference. And I was Mm -hmm. going home, Tina, back to Atlanta at the time, and I was like, man, I feel so blessed. You know, I'm having this conversation with God in my head all the way to the airport. And, Mm -hmm. man, this is the first place where I felt like I could maybe be a speaker one day get on the plane, and who was sitting directly behind me? Devon Franklin. Wow. Wow. And I was able to share that with him, have that full circle moment. And so we've been cool. We exchanged numbers. And that day, we've been cool. He's been a blessing to my husband. He prays with my husband. And um, mm. just, just an all-around great guy. So who better than to have him as the very first guest for Redefining Wealth? Because he really... Um, just embodies all of the principles that I believe in so much. Yes, yes, I totally agree. And your podcast is available on iTunes and Google Play. Is that correct? Yeah, and iHeartRadio. That's really um, – and now actually on PatriceWashington.com. Now we have a player up there. So if you want to binge listen and catch up on all of those, we have that with show notes and all that great stuff there at Patrice Washington. So there's no excuse, ladies. Make sure you check out her new podcast, Redefining Wealth, on iTunes or Google Play or at PatriceWashington.com or, like she just said, iHeartRadio. Amazing. Now, Patrice, you have written um, three books, Real Money Answers for College, Life, and Beyond, Real Money Answers for Men, praise God. And um, let's talk about my favorite, though. (laughs) Let's talk about my favorite, though, Real Money Answers for Every Woman, How to Win the Money Game with or Without a Man. Now, Patrice, Mm -hmm. now please, please tell the ladies, uh, why is it so important for a woman to win the money game with or without a man? Girl, give it to them. Come on. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the reality. I I wrote it and, and used that language in particular, because after being on the road and speaking all over the country, I got sick of hearing women say, well, you know, I think what you said is nice, but like my husband does that. Or, you know, my husband or my partner or my this or my that. And I feel like personal finance is about personal responsibility. And even if you don't have the hands-on everyday task of dealing with the money, that doesn't mean that you can stick your head in the sand and act like you don't know what's going on. Because the reality is, as a woman, our life expectancy is longer than men, Mm -hmm. right? We are out of the workforce more, which means we don't accrue um, as much pension money or retirement savings and stuff because typically we're the ones who step out of the workforce to either have children or to care for, like, someone that's elderly in our family or Mm -hmm. all these things. And, you know, what if your man is not good with money? Like, let Mm -hmm. me take it back. What if he sucks? Do you really believe that because someone is born with a penis, they are better at managing a paycheck? How? Mm, girl. Like, wow. Like, being a man doesn't make you, and that's the problem. A lot of men have delusions of grandeur, and they think that because they're male that they automatically know what to do with money, and that's not even the case. And so I do believe that whoever is best suited for the job should do it. And if you are in a relationship, I don't think that it's the other person's responsibility to make sure that you can, like, live out your days the right way. You know, Mm -hmm. like I hear so many people, I've heard so many women, older women in particular, that will talk about the demise of their spouse and, Mm -hmm. you know, or the spouse became disabled or all these things or divorce, 
all these things happen, and then they want to blame the other person for what wasn't ready or what wasn't done or why mm-hmm. we didn't have life insurance or why this. But you were there. Exactly. You were there. And you can't blame it on anyone else. Each and every one of us is going to have to take responsibility. And I am married. I've been married for almost 10 years. But let me tell you, in case of death or um, divorce or my husband's disability, I refuse to be a greeter at Walmart at 85. I'm I hear that, honey. That his, like, that's not his job. I mean, in a way, I believe he signed up to take care of me, so get to it. But in the same respect. <laughs> I am responsible <laughs> for being aware. And mm-hmm. if he is doing something or not doing something that's going to protect me from being a greeter at Walmart at 85, mm-hmm. then I have to be a part of the solution. I can't sit up here and complain about the problem later. I hear that, girl. I, I totally, totally agree. And you and I are on the same page. I mean, I I. I feel like we should know what's going on. I remember uh, mm-hmm. years ago I met a financial advisor or planner, I can't remember, and she told me that she had a client. It was a man, and he, I think he was opening life insurance or some kind of policy for himself, but he wanted to make his mistress the beneficiary. What? Oh, heck no. <laughs> she was like, no, I'm what? not doing this. I refuse to do it. I refuse. She refused to do it. But if you're a wife and you're you're up on the, the the family business, you're on the you're up on the paperwork. You know what's going on. You know when something's not right. This extra mail coming in. You know you just signed up for a policy. So you you, you, <laughs> you you know you don't leave it until you don't leave it in your husband's hands, and you'll be up on it if something like that was to happen. So I was like, no, 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 not me. <laughs> oh wow, he was bold. He was bold. Wow. Very bold, but thank God, you know, my friend, she had integrity, and she refused to, you know, sign up for it. Yeah, good for her. Yes, yes, and so um, the book, again, uh, Real Many Answers for Women, the first section of the book is called Money Mindset, Attitudes, and Myths, which is which to me is probably, probably the most important section in the book, mm-hmm. because if your mind isn't right when it comes to money, if your mind isn't right, nothing else will fall into place. Can you please elaborate more on that mindset of money? Well, yeah. You know, like I said, I've been helping people for a long time. I've been at this for almost a decade. You know, I started in real estate at 19 years old, got, became a broker at 21. And so I started at 21 years old to help people who were twice my age make some of the biggest purchases of their lives, right, which was investing mm-hmm. in a home, especially in Southern California because that's going to be, you know, half a million for a shack, which is similar to East Coast, right? <laughs> so I'm helping people, you know, make these decisions. And I just started to realize patterns and become really fascinated with more the psychology of money and what makes us do these things, even though we know it's wrong. You know, it's like even mm-hmm. though you know you shouldn't eat donuts and hot Cheetos and drink Coke for dinner, <laughs> you know, like mm. you know it's wrong, but you still make that decision. Like even though you know you have 10 pair of black shoes and you don't need another, what mm-hmm. makes you stand in the middle of the store on a Friday after you just got paid and then say, I work hard, I deserve it, mm-hmm. and tell that lie, right? Because mm-hmm. There's a lot of myths that we tell ourselves that trap us in the cycle. And it doesn't matter how often on on every New Year's Day you sit up here and you make these New Year's resolutions and you're like, this is the year I'm going to get out of debt. This is the year I'm going to start my business. This is the year I'm going to save more money than I've ever saved. I'm going to do all these things. And then you get to December 31st and you're like, "Mm, okay, okay, 2018, that's going to be the year, right? And you just keep pushing it along. Mm -hmm. Why do you keep doing things for 12 months that don't support you? And it comes Mm -hmm. down to what you believe. It comes Mm -hmm. down to some of the myths that you have been ingrained with. Some of us learned a lot of this. Most of us learned this from our family. A lot of us learned um, some really unsupportive beliefs and behaviors in childhood. And we Mm -hmm. don't even know why we do it, Tina. Like, Mm -hmm. Like we are so on automatic that we just keep in this negative cycle and we can't break free. I really believe that you can't break free of this. You can't recondition what you don't recognize. 
and recognizing some of the belief systems or some of the myths, the attitudes that you've been indoctrinated into for many of us, until you do that, you're not going to change it. And so that's why the book starts with this whole conversation around mindset. It starts with a conversation around financial blueprints. What did you hear when you were growing up? Like some of us heard it takes money to make money. Well, if you've been saying for years, I want to start a business, I know I have a gift, I know I have a passion, a talent, something that I can use, right? And you've been mm-hmm. saying for years I want to start a business, but you never have taken the jump. You've never jumped. You've never leaped. Mm-hmm. you never, like, said, okay. When you really examine your thought process, what if in the back of your mind you were taught that it takes money to make money? If you really right. feel like, okay, mm-hmm. in this season right now I'm already struggling and it takes money to make money, what would make you do the effort to write out what your business goals are, what your business mm-hmm. plan is, who your clients will be, how much you would charge? Like, you're not going to be motivated to do the work mm-hmm. if you don't know what's going on in your head, like the why behind why you're doing or not doing things. Right. And so it's, it's I mean, I think it's the most important part because I think – Eighty percent of personal finance is all about mindset and behavior, Mm -hmm. and twenty percent is skill set. And we'll tell ourselves the lie that it has to do with, oh, I don't know how to budget, oh, I don't know what to do with my credit, oh, I don't know what kind of savings accounts to open, and we'll use that excuse for. But you know, everything is in a book, Patrice. Everything, anything you want to know is in a book or YouTube or Or Google. Like or just Google. Any blog, book, or video that can answer just about any question that you have, right? But mm-hmm. you always have to ask yourself, am I asking the right question? Like you can right. find the answers to anything, but when you have a limited belief system and a limited mm-hmm. mindset, you're not even going to ask the questions that you really need to ask. And that's why I put that in the book first because I talk about in the book the things that people don't even know is actually holding them back. Like you wouldn't even know to Google what's my financial blueprint. You wouldn't know to Google what lies have I been telling myself. Who would, who would mm-hmm. look at that? Let me look for a exactly. video about what lies. So my thing is I get people in with the title and then, and then I trick them into really having a transformation. And that was my <laughs> well, goal. Well, it's a good trick. It's definitely a good trick. <laughs> and then also um, – the second section is earn more money, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But then the third section is manage money wisely. Now, Patrice, mm-hmm. would you agree with me when I say that it's not about the amount of money, but the stewardship of the money? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and that's exactly why I said manage money wisely. Like I could have mm-hmm. chosen any word, but I chose wisely because I believe – so much in wisdom and using mm-hmm. wisdom and discernment. And it takes wisdom to be a good steward, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. one of the, when I was at my lowest point, so for those listeners who don't know my story, I talked about becoming a real estate and mortgage broker at 21. Um, what I didn't share is that business became a seven-figure business by 25. And mm-hmm. by the time the recession hit, though, when the real estate market crashed, that business did too. And so I went from this seven-figure business, Tina, to literally scraping up change, like shaking purses out, trying to find quarters to buy mm. bills for my daughter at the time. This was in 07. And when I was mm. at my lowest point, I remember, you know, foreclosing on a 6,000-square-foot home here in wow. California and ending up in a 600-square-foot apartment in Metairie, Louisiana. And I got to this point where I literally was on the bathroom floor bawling, crying, and just, I mean, a good old ugly, nasty, snot-nosed cry saying, God, why? Mm -hmm. Like, how Mm -hmm. did I get here? I had done all this stuff. I thought I would have made it. You know, how did I get here? And Mm -hmm. I found this scripture. Um, It was Proverbs 17, 16. This was literally on that bathroom floor. And, And the scripture said, what good is money? in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom. Exactly. Yes, God. In the hands of a fool. And I was like, you know, that was the first time it occurred to me. I think I was about 27, 28 years old at the time, maybe 27. And that was the first time it occurred to me. I was like, well, isn't wisdom education? 
Like I've I've already been getting wisdom. I have a degree, a business degree, emphasizing mm-hmm. entrepreneurial studies from one of the best schools on the West Coast, and I, <laughs> I have certifications, and I have this, and I'm licensed, and I took the broker's test one time, so you know I'm smart. And the average person oh my goodness. three times, and just I, feeling like, yourself my, all in your head. Myself. In my in my heart in my head, I was like, I'm smart. So. But what my smarts led me to do in that moment was start to look up, well, what's the difference between wisdom and education? Mm-hmm. And so I started to look at education, and I saw information and knowledge. But then wisdom was the application of knowledge. And so mm. when I say manage money wisely in the third section, it's because we already have so much of the education and information we need to increase our credit, to pay off debt, to budget. And all of that stuff is also in the book. But I'm saying mm-hmm. wisely because I want you to understand that it's about application. None of it works unless you do. You can That's know right. what to do all day long. You can Google and look up the books, the blogs, the videos, but if you're not in the habit of making it a practice, if you're not in the habit of replacing mm-hmm. some of that Stuff that didn't serve you from the first chapter, right, from the mm-hmm. first section of the book, you're still mm-hmm. not going to get there. You're still not going to get there. And so right. it takes having the mindset, but then it also takes, again, the application of what you've learned with the skill set to make the difference. I totally agree. I completely agree. And and speaking of wisdom, that's why people who, um, when they win the lottery, like two and three, four and five million dollars, uh, they're broke. They're broke a few years you're later. Twenty million. <laughs> and they uh, no, still twenty million end up broke because there was no wisdom behind the money, or should I say, in front of the money, because um, you, know, you, you can't just you can't just sit leave it in the bank. You have to know how to invest it and make it grow and have money work for you. That's the thing. Well, you have to learn. Thing, that's that's another one of the myths from the book, though, Tina. Is if I had more money, this would be easier. And right. I always tell people, no, it wouldn't, because you're the same person. So unless the, the you same mindset, you bring in right. the same level of stewardship, and now you just have more money to do whatever it is you've been doing. And I tell mm-hmm. people, look, how you manage $10 is how you manage $100. Is how you manage 1000 is how you manage 10000 100000 and on up. So it's really mm-hmm. easy to point the finger at people who you feel like the athletes, the entertainers, the celebrities, the lottery winners. We're like, how could they do this? How could they do that? Same way you mm-hmm. don't do it, because unless you change exactly. your behaviors <laughs> and your attitude about money and your mindset, you are going to do the same thing. And if you really think about it and you're honest, you've been doing the same thing. Like mm-hmm. we all thought in high school, girl, when I grow up, I'm going to get a good job. You know how we are. We want to be grown. We want to get out of here. Whatever here is, we're like, I'm mm-hmm. going to do my own thing. How about some of us have the same struggles we did when we were 18 and are having our first job? You're 45. Same struggle. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's all about the stewardship. I, I totally agree. Um, now, the fourth section is um, relationships and money, which is my favorite section, I do believe. Relationships <laughs> and money, because, girl, you had me dying laughing on page 175, okay? Do you hear me? Page 175, when you were talking about those gold diggers, those, oh, yeah. that, those G-O-L-D diggers, let's be clear. Right, not you, gold, but gold right, diggers. Yeah. Right, and you said that a man is not a financial plan, and women need to stop treating boyfriends like husbands. Girl, let's elaborate right. on this. Well, you know, uh, when I first started blogging, this was in 2009 or 10, I wrote this article um, for Hello Beautiful. That was the first site I ever blogged for. And one went viral, literally hundreds of thousands of views. And I said, you know, five reasons um, black women in particular can't save money. Now, was, it was a site for black women written by a black woman. So I just went mm-hmm. But, girl, those people tried to eat me alive. Do you hear me? Because one of my tips out of the five reasons was because we treat boyfriends like husbands. And that means 
that you are entering into long-term agreements. You getting all houses with people who haven't committed. Like, I'm sorry, I don't even suggest opening a bank account with a boyfriend. With someone who can empty or take any of your assets, like, and bounce? No. Like, mm-hmm. a hus- like a husband, you got to go through some paperwork. We got to get divorced. Somebody got to look at this stuff. But you're not going to <laughs> just uh, come in and reap all the benefits of mm-hmm. anything. I have, I have met women where their credit has been ruined by a man they were dating for six months. How? Like, yes. how did he have access? I, I, I'm social. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you co-signing on a car that he now isn't paying for, but he's driving his new woman around in it, and, and you're being affected each and every month? Like, no, 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 I'm just not with it. I'm I not. And you. I do think with relationships that you definitely want to, I, I said this on the Steve Harvey uh, talk show, if 90 days is enough time for someone to get the cookie, then you need to be able to talk about money. And you need to be able to assess where this person is financially. Two weeks, maybe not, but definitely 90 days. What, what are we talking about? What are we working with? What What do you feel about money? Yeah, like, what exactly. Where are we going with money? this? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> where are we going with this? Because you don't want to get sucked into. And you don't want to marry, you know, uh, I'm not saying that you don't marry someone because they're not financially astute, but I'm saying that you don't walk in blindly. You need to be aware of what you're getting into. It's not, it's, it's not cool to get into it and then realize, oh, my gosh, this person is a complete mess, you know? Exactly, exactly. And what's so well, – you had me dying laughing on page 176. You dropped a couple of names, girl. I'm not, we're not going to mention the names. We want you to buy the book. But you dropped a couple <laughs> of names about, you know, a certain celebrity that got stuck with a car note. But we won't talk about that. But it's just like mm-hmm. you said. Like I even had a friend of mine; her credit was ruined by a guy that she barely knew. She went and put a car in her name for him. Like for what? Y'all are not committed. Well, You're not married. And so no. you know, it, so yeah, it it ruined it. Oh my goodness, it was a whole big mess. It was a whole big mess, and they didn't even live in the same city, girl. But. Oh. Um, but, you know, that's, thank God she learned from that. But, yeah, like you said, women need to stop treating boyfriends like husbands because if he's not committed, there should be no paperwork signed on a house, a car, or anything. Mm-hmm. A bank account, nothing. I had a young nothing. lady on the Steve Harvey talk show whose credit was, was ruined, and she was in check systems and everything else because she opened an account for this guy who was her boyfriend, and, you know, she was in college, and, do end up, like, running scams up and down through this bank account. Mm-hmm. And when she went to do something after college, I mean, like, police called on her in the bank. What? <laughs> like, yes, yes, and couldn't buy a car for years. She couldn't do so many things. And it was because of a dude she dated for, like, six months. So, wow. you know, just be aware, ladies. We just, again, we want to use wisdom. We want to use wisdom and discernment. Like, uh, you have to think of some. Think of this too. If this dude or a friend or family member, anyone who asks you to co-sign on something, if they cannot co-sign or if they cannot, excuse me, put something in their name, it's for a reason. And so, if they exactly. protect their own name and social security number and credit, what makes you think they're going to take more care with yours? Why? Exactly. They didn't do it with theirs. Exactly. Like I heard someone say once before, like, you want to be irresponsible with your own money, but you want to take my money and borrow it and and do what you're supposed to do with it? No, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now you want to pay your rent after you come to borrow it. Exactly. You you got brand new bundles. You have brand new red bottoms, but now you want to borrow, you know, $1,500 No. No. (laughs) Red bottoms and bundles, girl. (laughs) <laughs> no, ma'am, not on my dime. That's why I have no. a script. My husband and I have a script for saying no to friends and family that try to borrow money. Like, I, first of all, I always let people know, your lack of planning is not my emergency. Mm-hmm. Your lack of planning is not my emergency. This whole your rent, your car note, your car insurance, your dish, your that is catching you by surprise. That's a lack of planning. 
and mm-hmm. I, I can't enable you. That doesn't make sense because I'm pretty sure when you signed the lease or you signed up for this car note and any of this stuff, they gave you the date every month it would be due. So 30 exactly. days before today, you knew it was coming and you had an opportunity to plan and prepare. And this is not for people who, you know, you have friends and family members like I did. Like I went through a hard time and thank God for the people in my family who were there for me. I don't, I don't you know, um, not give that credit. It definitely deserves credit. However, there's a difference between people who are normally responsible and they are really in a bind and in a hard time and then people who want to do bundles and red bottoms and then not take care of their responsibilities. That's on you. Mm-hmm. That's on you. And we tell people when they say, oh, I have this or I have that, what we can do is offer you a one-time gift of whatever the dollar amount is is not even what they ask for. I don't care about that. It's what is in my budget because I'm not going to go over budget <laughs> making your problem my problem. I'm not oh, my goodness. Right. So it's a one-time right. gift. And when you get this cash, when you get when you cash that check, you're gonna see in the memo, real big and bold, one time gift. I don't even give money electronically. I don't just deposit it because I want to make sure that all your senses see, hear, smell, taste, understand. One time gift, and that means don't come back. That's what it means. I, listen, I, I first of all I love it, and I'm a, I'm gonna use it. Okay, I'm gonna use the same thing when people try to come in. No, honey, I don't think so. But um, I don't want to be mad at you at Thanksgiving. I don't want to be looking at you on your red bottoms and thinking that my gift that was supposed to go towards your rent, you spent on red bottoms. I don't so so that we don't have that type of tension at the next family gathering. So I don't feel some kind of way if I give you a one-time gift. Just I I know and you know that if you didn't use it for the right thing. It is what it is. I can't control it. I can't control what you do with it, but I just don't want to feel some kind of way. I hear that, honey. And ladies, make sure you never, ever um, give money away or let people borrow money that you can't. Don't let people borrow money you can't afford to give away because more than likely you're not going to see that money again. More than likely you're not going to see it again. And so I've learned that myself, you know, the hard way. It's a gift. It's a gift. (laughs) Now, Patrice, for the past two years, you've had the Earn More Money movement, which I have been a part of for the past two years, and I definitely enrolled this year. And it was so empowering, so amazing. Mm. I was a part of it earlier this year, and I loved how real and authentic you were on Periscope. You know, I was, you know, Mm. logged in pretty much every day. Will you be doing that same thing at the top of 2018? I will. I will be launching it again. And what I normally do is try to line it up with Equal Pay Day. And so, as you know, because you've heard me say this Mm -hmm. a million times, but Equal Pay Mm -hmm. Day is the day in the year where the average woman, it's acknowledged that the average woman finally makes what her male counterparts earned by the total, by December 31st of last year. So, like, for example, this year, 2017, Equal Pay Day was April 4th. So it wasn't mm-hmm. until April 4th this year that the average woman earned what her male counterpart earned by December 31st, 2016. So that means mm. that we have to work an additional three and a half months just to catch up. And if you're a woman of color, our date actually wasn't until July 30th. So mm. think about that, right? And wow. I really got tired, Tina, of hearing people say, you know, industries need to change and we need to do this and legislation and blah, blah, blah. And shout out to anyone in Oregon because they have passed like an equal pay law recently. Um, Yay. Yay, Oregon. Have to, um, you know, earn what men in a similar position earn. Like there's no excuses for it. But And hopefully that does sweep across our nation and it becomes standard. But until it does, I wanted to create something that was more empowering that gave mm-hmm. control back to us because I feel like as long as we put it on government or industries or bosses or business owners, then we take the power away from ourselves to go out there and get what we want and get what we know we deserve. Mm-hmm. And so the Earn More Money movement was about giving us as women all permission to walk in our God-given gifts and demand mm-hmm. what we're worth. And I'm so excited. We've had over 20-plus thousand women that have um, come through the two years of the Earn More Money movement, and I look forward to just continuing to do it. It's totally free. 
Um, mm-hmm. And they're the principles that I really believe have helped me both when I was uh, working a, a nine-to-five and especially as an entrepreneur. And I think that no matter who you are, you can take the principles. Even if you took, Tina, even if you took like three of those principles, could you not like really move something? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you Definitely. don't need every single principle. Some things you're already strong in, in the area right. where you're not strong, we just want to bring it up. Exactly. Absolutely. It was definitely beneficial to me. It was definitely a blessing, you know, for me. And I've definitely, you know, gotten even more clarity this year, praise God, um, you know, with, you know, earning more, creating, and just, you know, where God wants me to go and where I'm supposed to be. So that's totally been a blessing. And it started off with your Earn More Money movement. And, I, you know, I thank you for that. Oh. So, ladies, make sure that you um, – for those of you who are listening, make sure that you catch her, do her, the Earn More Money movement in 2018. Like she said earlier, it's, it's totally free. Yep. And you can find out oh. more at ICanEarnMore.com. Before I forget, yes. ICanEarnMore.com. Yep. Yeah. ICanEarnMore.com. Now, Patrice, 2018 is right around the corner. So mm-hmm. what's next for Patrice Washington? I heard it from a little bird that you're writing another book. I am. I am working Ooh. on my fourth <laughs> book. Um, people act as funny. People are like, don't you have more books than that? It's funny. My college book has had two iterations, and then the women's book actually was I self-published, and then it was picked up by HarperCollins and re-released mm-hmm. last year, which is when I saw you at the uh, book signing. And so mm-hmm. it looks like I've had five books, but I'm really just uh, I'm writing my fourth book, and it's all about redefining wealth, and mm-hmm. um, it's about the six pillars of redefining wealth and all the new stuff that I have going on, that new message that I'm really, really excited about because, again, I think it just gives people a more holistic view of wealth and mm-hmm. more than money and material possessions. Um, and you know what? I'm not even – I can't even tell you yet when it's coming out in 2018 because I feel like I'm really bursting something big. And, mm-hmm. you know, it needs time to bake, and God is just continuing to give me these divine downloads and just the people that I've been exposed to, even with the new podcast and um, just speaking opportunities and stuff. I'm constantly learning and growing, and I really want to create something – so that my audience gets to learn and grow and mature with me through all of this. And so uh, I'm working on it diligently, but I'm also taking time um, to be still and not rush the process because I want it to be by far the best thing I've ever done. Um, but, yes, it is in the works. And then other than that, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I am really, really – this is, this is the thing that I'm really taking with me into 2018, and I hope that you and the listeners can really feel me on this. Like, as a, a gold digger and as an entrepreneur, we get really caught up in lists, right? List on top of list on top of list and idea after idea after idea. Mm-hmm. And we are exposed to so much on social media that we feel like, oh, my gosh, there's a million things that I can do. And oh, this person's making money doing this, and this person's making money doing that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've really, really been mindful of is really trying to do more by doing less. And Mm -hmm. for 2018, my heart's desire is really to do less, but to do it with such an impact that I I really, really um, go deep with more people um, right. And so I don't want to spread myself too thin doing a million things. I've lived that life. I've done that, and I'm very grateful for the career that I've built. But what feels really good for me right now is the thought of, and I'm, I'm listen, I'm, a, I'm, I'm committed to the vision. I'm not attached to how I get there. But for right now, yes. the vision yes. that I want is to really do fewer things but master them. I don't want to do a lot of things mediocre. I want to do a few Mm -hmm. things and really create mastery. So for me, that looks like really continuing with this podcast and Mm -hmm. really studying how to make it the best possible podcast I can 
and get the most reach and impact out of it. Like the, the messages that I'm getting from people is so rejuvenating. It's so refreshing. It's so mm-hmm. like just a God wink from my soul that I'm like, this is where you're supposed to be, right? So right, right. It took, took you long enough, but when you got to it, it was all you. Like this, I couldn't have started it any earlier because I wasn't mm. walking in this light. And so right. I really want to focus on making the podcast as amazing as I can. I want to keep putting out the weekly videos that I do, just really teaching people about these pillars and how to really embody. Love the videos. <laughs> love the Thank videos. Thank you. Thank you. And I really love doing them. They come really natural for me. And I really want to show people how to embody wealth. Like, like, like we said with the money and the lottery winners, it's not just getting your hands on the money. It's mm-hmm. walking in it. It's being a steward over everything that you have, which includes your body, your vessel, your family, mm-hmm. your environment, mm-hmm. your space. Like, and so I really want to keep showing people that and, sh- and doing it consistently because for me it's effortless. Like it's work, but it's work that I just, that brings me so much joy and peace. And so I think what you're going to see from me is eventually a book that really goes through how to embrace and embody all of this, but Mm -hmm. also um, just mastery of the podcast, mastery of the weekly YouTube videos. They come out every Tuesday. Podcast comes out every Thursday. And then I really feel led to, I haven't shared this with anyone, Tina, Mm -hmm. um, except for my husband, but I really feel led to, do some type of mastermind or group coaching around redefining wealth because I really want to hold women accountable to embracing this because redefining wealth is so counterintuitive for so many of us who have grown up with other messages that are not this. Mm -hmm. And so even though it sounds good and it's like in the moment you're like, ooh, that sounds good, it's still really hard to make it a daily habit, and I want to walk mm-hmm. people through what it looks like to embody this. So it's not something that you do to be cute during this time frame. It's mm-hmm. literally these things are becoming a part of your DNA because I want right. you to get the benefit on the backside, which is effortlessly attracting the money and wealth um, and all of wealth right. and all its glory, not just the, the financial piece, but all of it, like, I feel so good about where I am and what I'm doing. And, well, and you're doing amazing things, <laughs> Yeah, like I feel so good about it, though, that I just want other people to have that experience. And so, right. I, like, I know that I'm giving it to you weekly in the videos and in the podcast, but I also know that there are some women in particular who are going to need that that ongoing accountability to step into this and be okay with the fact that people around them don't get it and don't support it, but I support you. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm your example, as well as mm-hmm. the people I bring on the podcast. As well, you know, like there are examples of people who walk in this. Devon Franklin walks in Redefining Wealth. He is such a great example. And, like, I don't know if it's going to – I don't know what it looks like, but I know I'm feeling – really called to do, mm-hmm. like, small groups for, mm-hmm. you know, condensed period of time, but I want people to go through transformation. Right, right, right. I want people to experience transformation. So I got to I gotta figure out what it looks like, but I know that I'm called to do it, and if I'm called, then I'm going to have the revelation about what it looks like. I, I trust that, so. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That is absolutely amazing, and thank you so much sharing that you know you, you said you had only shared it with your husband thank you so much and yeah <laughs> please keep me posted please keep me posted you mm. know so maybe possibly I can be a part of you know the small little group you know because yeah. I've been slowly but surely educating myself about wealth and you know money and finances and creating generational wealth and all of that so my mindset has definitely been shifted over the past few years so I would love to be a part of something like that. So just please keep me posted. And I can also I um, send it out to my list as well. So make sure, you, you know, you let me know. Absolutely. I will. Thank and that's one so thing I love offer. about you. Yes, yes. And Patrice, one thing I love about you is that you always keep God first. No matter what, mm-hmm. anytime I hear you speak, whether if it's on a stage, you're on Periscope, or you're in your car, girl, doing a little quick Periscope <laughs> or a, a 
Facebook video. You are yeah. always putting God first, and that's why, you know, I always follow you because you're so genuine. Then when I met you, you were so genuine and so kind. There is, ladies, oh, this woman you. is the real deal. There's nothing fake about her. There's nothing phony about her. So um, make sure well, you, you know follow what? this that's, woman. That's also, I'm aware. I'm present. You know, like, I really make an attempt. And thank you for saying that because one of mm-hmm. the greatest compliments I've ever received that I continue to receive from people is that I'm, that I'm consistent. You know, like, like some people, they're on, they're on social media and it's like, oh, I empower women. But then if you look into or have an opportunity to meet them, you feel anything but empowered. Like, because they're, right. they're not empowered. Right. I mean, they're rude, they're nasty, they're curt. They're not, and, I, you know, I've met people like that. And one of the things that I promised God, I said, no matter what you do in my career, because first of all, it's not about me. Like, I'm mm-hmm. very clear that I'm here to be a servant. So I don't even see this as being about me. I see this as being my duty and responsibility. Like, I didn't come here to just take up space. I came here to be used as a vessel for good. Some of us are not that intentional. So let's be, huh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's be clear. You're you're pregnant with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not (laughs) pregnant. I'm just saying, like, I'm so, okay. like, you know, I just want to be used, right? Like, I want to be used for the kingdom. And I'm like, uh, how can mm-hmm. I meet for the kingdom when, you know, if I meet someone, if I'm out and about, like, they don't see that light. I don't want to be right. a person who pretends to have light on Facebook or on Instagram, and then you meet me and you instantly see darkness. Because exactly. I'm not really walking what I'm talking about. Right. I right. said, no, 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 no. So I've been really intentional. It doesn't matter if I'm having – I don't really have bad days. I have great days and then good days. But I don't really have bad days. So even if I'm only having a good day, that doesn't mean that I get, I get to take that out on you or I get to be rude or I get to be nasty or I get to, you know, have a scout. No. I get that we go through things. I've been through my fair share of things. This last year has done a doozy on me. You know, mm-hmm. like I have been tested in ways that I never thought were possible or, you know, it just wasn't even my, my realm of awareness that people behave mm-hmm. this way, you know. Um, but right. in the same respect, I've really been clear that the work that I do is not for me. It's for a greater purpose. And so I don't let my junk and my stuff get in the way of the purpose. Right. And, and that's sometimes um, that's so hard to do. And I'm you know, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it. You know, sometimes you might have a little little tool or a little funk on you, you know. But I've learned really learned to like adjust that and, and not mm-hmm. let other people feel that whatever I might be going on going through at the time or that particular day or even hour. Because you know, you know what? You Dina, sometimes you, you gotta take a nap. You got to go to sleep and start that grace over. And if you ever feel like you got a tool, you got a problem, you either need mm-hmm. to take it to your sacred space and be still, be quiet, and really work mm-hmm. that thing out in prayer and meditation, or you need to go to sleep. Because I'm like, some days I'm like, you know what? You know what? You know what? <laughs> my grace, my grace, listen, the Lord's grace is sufficient. Mine has run out. I'm going to bed. And I don't care if it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I have got to, I'm going to start over fresh tomorrow. Right now, I can't even see people because I don't want my not-so-good day, you know, to, to impact them. Because you got to remember, if you're out here being a light, especially online, people, they look forward to seeing you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If someone runs into you in the airport, Tina, they are like, oh, my gosh, that's her. Right? Mm -hmm. Or, oh, my goodness, she has impacted me. And I've walked up to people to say, oh, my gosh, your book was amazing. And they snubbed me, like, real hard. And then the funny thing is later on when they find out who you are or what you do or whatever, then it's like, oh, let's be cool. No, let's not be cool. (laughs) Like, no. I don't have to have a title. I'm someone who invested in your work or in some form or fashion, whether it was with my time or treasure. I watched your video or I read your book or, I, you know, I, I like your Instagram post, whatever it is. And so I, you just got to be mindful. Just, you just mm-hmm. want to be mindful. You really do. Because I would never want to turn someone off um, 
and not let them experience the God in me. Because sometimes we're mm-hmm. the only God that people will experience. Exactly. You know, like we're the only frame mm-hmm. of reference for God right. that people will experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I just won't, I don't want to allow myself to be, to disrupt that, to be a distraction to what's the bigger thing at play. Well, just continue to be a shining light that you are because you're definitely shining um, on me and so many other women, you know, with your transparency and your wisdom and sharing and giving so much. And, uh, ladies, this is a woman. She has truly dedicated her life to motivating and educating women to moving from debt management to money mastery by first earning more money than managing that money wisely. And she's, um, make sure you follow her at patricewashington.com and it's ICanEarnMoreMoney.com. And where else can I they can reach you, Patrice? Oh, I apologize. ICanEarnMore.com. Nope. Mm-hmm. And you can and find me tree. everywhere on social media at SeekWisdomPCW. That's SeekWisdomPCW. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. And, uh, yeah, let me know that you heard me on the Gold Digger podcast, right, Gold Digger Approved podcast. Let me know. I would love to hear what your takeaways were. Yes, and thank you once again, Patrice. And make sure you keep in contact with me. I can bring you back on my show whenever your your book is coming out or the Earn More, or I Can Earn More movement campaign. And just continue to be great because you are awesome, honey. You are officially Gold Digger approved in my book every day of the week, okay? I'm Gold Digger (laughs) approved, yes. I appreciate you so much. Continue to be the blessing that you are, to be the light that you are. Like you said, you never know who's watching. Um, Right. I appreciate you inviting me on your platform with people who trust you and they trust your word. So it's... um, It's an honor to be here, and thank you for your time. You're welcome. Okay, ladies, um, that concludes another edition of the Gold Digger Proof Podcast. Continue to be great. Continue to be amazing. But most of all, go out there and be Gold Digger Proof. And we will talk to you next time, ladies. Bye.